I think uh, way before I fell in love with marketing, I understood the necessity of it. When I fell in love with it was when I saw that a message, first of all, an idea that I had could be turned into a message that then translated through whatever medium was available at the, at the time. I mean, now today it's like crazy how many different ways you can get your message out. And then once I saw that message go out and people responded to it, it just seems so scalable. Welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast, where we guide natural health and wellness experts through the pitfalls of marketing. Each episode, you'll learn simple, effective, easily actionable, and heart-centered marketing strategies. And here's your host, Angus Pike. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast. Dreams do come true. I'm sitting down here with probably the person that's been more influential in my chiropractic life than literally any other person. And I know I'm not the only person that will have said that. So uh, David Jackson, welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast. I am beyond excited to be here and thank you for those kind words. It's, uh, you know, never doubt how far reaching, right? You never know when you start something, what's going to happen, but I'm excited to kind of talk about the journey about what has happened and what's going to happen. Yeah, legacy. It's... Um, it's, it's interesting because there are sometimes that idea that we talk about in chiropractic of, as you mentioned before, we never know how fast reaching something you're going to say or do can impact the lives of millions. You're such a great example of that. There are so many things that I, I literally love about you. And in preparing for here, um, how long ago did you first graduate as a chiropractor? How long have you been in the game for? Uh, 33 years. Hard to believe, yeah. but th yeah, 33 years. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. What is interesting about that is there are uh, chiropractors often go through a phase there too where um, they burn bright and then they start to kind of dim out. Those that choose like you have to serve the profession because um, it takes an enormous amount of, of, of energy there. One of the things um, that I continue to admire about you is you're the living example of innovation. I don't, you've never stopped reinventing yourself. There's a theme that runs through it all. Uh, um, and not only are you a great visionary and innovator, you're one of the best marketers that I've ever met also. So how did all that come about? Outside of the chiropractic stuff, you, you obviously have a love of marketing also because you're so damn good at it. Yes. Where did you get into that? Well, first, I didn't know I did, you know, because I grew up like everyone else that, that uh, I kind of equated marketing and sales as the same thing. And I didn't want to be used car salesman. And everyone warned me that if you pushed this way, that's what you get positioned as. So I think I was like most small business owners, not just chiropractors or naturopaths or homeopaths or anybody else. And that, you know, I was just going to build that referral business and it was all going to come from the inside and marketing was beneath me. I mean, it's not doctors don't market, but then as at least as a chiropractor, it's all I can really speak to. I mean, I shouldn't say that I've, I've coached and worked with hundreds and probably thousands of other entrepreneurs, but as a chiropractor, man, you put up the shingle and nothing happens typically. You know, I mean, you've got to, you got to get the message out there. So I think uh, way before I fell in love with marketing, I understood the necessity of it. Hmm. When I fell in love with it was when I saw that a message, first of all, an idea that I had could be turned into a message that then translated through whatever medium was available at the, at the time. I mean, now today it's like crazy how many different ways you can get your message out. And then once I saw that message go out and people responded to it, 
it just seemed so scalable. It seemed so, I got, I got, I got stoked and excited about the idea that I could be anywhere and, and transmit these ideas and that they would reverberate, even if it was back in doing radio ads, you know, a long, long time ago, or doing Facebook Lives today, irregardless of the medium, phone books and the yellow pages or something else, it was that idea. And honestly, Doc, it was, it was so much of it was, I equated marketing and branding as almost the same thing because marketing is the living, breathing brand of who you are. And so you spoke to innovation. I just, you know, I'm, I'm always challenging myself. So my, my brand and my marketing is always growing with me because I want to always grow. And it's, just, it's kind of one and the same. I remember one of the earlier phases, you had a program all about ear infections um, that we implemented down here. And it, that was one of the key things for me that I went, uh, because I, I had that, that discussion or that, that worldview that you talked about beforehand of, you know, if, if I'm a good doctor, people will refer. And really, it's only bad doctors that need to do that advertising marketing thing. And then that's then flavored with this other idea that, tends to match so much the philosophy as us as kind of more of a natural bent, this old build it and they will come. Like, you know, we're all about kind of a little bit of law of attraction, that kind of stuff there too. Yes. But I did, with your, with your ear infections, we ran some ads on the radio station that was under the umbrella of the National Wellness Foundation. You know, you had uh -huh. some stunning statistics there as well. We set up a talk inside of the Port Melbourne Yacht Club and damn me if I didn't have 30 people come and listen to me. And they were, it was interesting because I could never get people to come and listen to me talk about chiropractic. Like we did a weekly workshop in the practice. Yeah. We had to work really hard to get five or 10 people there every week. And all of a sudden, I had 30 people there. And I got that was very early in me seeing how taking a message from one to one to one to many. And then we got to the end of that workshop. I forget the numbers, but there was somewhere between eight and 15 of them made an appointment afterwards. And I went, ah, I get it. I get it. This it is where, yes, it, it, it works. And then, you know, you've continued to kind of develop and expand upon that all the way through to you were first into video and websites and all those kind of things there too. So what are, because you're, you're coaching docs still now, mm -hmm. what are the things that you're seeing are holding them back that's stopping them from jumping in both feet to reach more people? Well, interesting. I mean, there's, there's several things, right? And they're probably the same things that were holding you back and were holding me back at the time. And, and one of them is almost what you alluded to is that nearly that disbelief, like, ah, uh, you know, it sounds, it sounds good, but I don't know if I can do it. I don't know how I'm going to be um, respected or what that's going to do to what people think about me in the community. How do I know it's going to work? It's so loud out there. There's, there's so many reasons, call them excuses, whatever you have you, that people just don't look at marketing. But I think the number one reason people get stuck is the, the number one excuse they give is they don't know how to do it. Yes. And I, I will promise you, I knew nothing about how to do any of it. I, but I observed and then I deconstructed. It's one of my skill sets. And then I reconstructed. And I just, you know, one of my, one of my lifelong principles is done beats perfect. I just, you know, I'm going to do it and I'm going to fail and fall flat on my face, but I'm going to get up faster than anybody else. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to make it better and better and better and better. And so that's really innovation, right? It's just always making things better than they used to be. Not because you want to, but because you kind of need to, because it's part of your essence. So I think that 
for the general small business owner, chiropractor, um, anyone certainly that is listening to this, it's kind of fear of the unknown. And, and I would temper that with also overwhelm. Like I just don't have time because look, some marketing takes mastery. I mean, you know, there's marketing that it sounds good, but you got to get under the hood. I mean, you, you got to be able to crawl in and you have to know everything. You know, it's been, it's been interesting. You've been on this journey, journey with us, maybe a, a few years behind, but you've been on this journey and, and going from, you know, in the early days of sending an email through an autoresponder, but everyone actually thought you were emailing them like personal, yes. like no yes. one knew what an autoresponder was. And now everyone ignores them because they just know that oh, it's a, it's a broadcast. It's a, it's a, you know, they, they know. So, and email is not dead. You can still utilize that to great strength. However, things are constantly evolving and constantly changing. So you do have to be ready for the game, but that's just like any other investment. It's like, well, how much am I willing to put in? We talk a lot. This is a marketing conversation that I'm sure you've had with lots of guests. People have it every day. I saw it on Facebook today. What ROI should you expect when you invest in marketing? Well, first of all, return, you know, you got to really define ROI because mm. When we teach, we have a, a program we call Ignite, which is a 90-day onboarding process to our uh, accelerator program. And one of the things that we teach in the profitability gear, which is gear six out of nine gears, um, and my, my business partner, who's a double PhD, and he's got a PhD in, in marketing, and, and he's a freaking genius guy, he leads that one. But one of the things we talk about a lot of is, you know, profit is simply what's left over after you've done all your work, right? And we always think about profit as dollars and cents. But what's left over inside you? What's left over in your energy? What's, left, what's, your, what's your profitability of your time? What's your profitability on date night with your spouse? What's your profitability of your team meetings? Hmm. How profitable are those workshops that you're going out and doing? How profitable, you know, it's not just money, it's return on spirituality. It's, it's return on emotion. It's return on confidence and certainty. There's so much more and a re someone who really wants to own marketing has to look at it in a much bigger piece than just this, if I put in a hundred bucks, I get 300 back, I'm happy. Well, not if the 300 cost you your reputation, you know, which is, which is part of what marketing kind of rookie mistakes are. They just, they figure out how to cast a net. They don't care what they pull in. They just go, oh, I'm going to get you 455 leads this month. And I'm like, I don't want 455 leads. I just want... 50 really good, qualified, ideal, intelligent new patients. Big difference in the game. So I think it's that overwhelm and the unknown and the fear that surrounds both of those that keeps people from at least doing it. And additionally, again, doubling down on that fear of, I'm just not sure how I'm going to be perceived. Yes. Right? Because they confuse sales and marketing. And even sales, everything is sales. Everything is sold to you. Every, you do sell care plans every single day, whether it's, you know, we'll just a few times and see how it goes. Not a recommended care plan or a true care plan. You're selling them something that they didn't own before. You're selling them an idea that's bigger than themselves. And I think as a professional, at least in ours, we need to be more prideful of our ability to sell future ideas, something bigger than what they have now. And also then to create a message that is through marketing that they can see that they could have a better quality of life with us in it period in the story. That's marketing. It, um, I remember seeing a definition, you know, I had these 
pillars along the way that have been really very impactful for me. And one of them was seeing a definition from Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach. He was talked about marketing being getting people emotionally and intellectually engaged in a future result that's good for them and mm -hmm. having them take action. And once I saw that, because I, you know, the visions inside my head when I thought sales and or marketing was really this sleazy car salesman. I, I, I didn't, for some reason, I didn't have another picture that it could be any, any way else. And then once I got this idea that really all marketing is, is me having people intellectually engaged in a future result that's good for them. The one thing that I had certainty around is I've definitely got a future result for people that's good for them. Like I, I yes. knew I had that. And so that mind shift in around there too. And I think to, to leap onto too, because this concept of return on investment comes up all the time. It's a question I get. And it's, I feel like it's more difficult now than ever to measure in that, you know, if I happen to be watching some of Dave Jackson on Facebook and then I might go and check out your Instagram account and then I go over to your website and then finally it might be a week later that I finally opt into something that you have on there. Was it the opt-in that the return investment is? Was it your website? Was it your Facebook page? It, it gets way more difficult now than ever to measure that kind of process. And I think we need to start to look at it. I almost think that return on investment might be a, a and and you I've never even considered the emotional components on return on investment as well. I think it's a slippery slope for us to for us to pin our hat to. Yeah, and that's why I feel like the uh, the at least for myself personally speaking, the answer is that marketing is yes, it's about getting a you know a prospective buyer. I think um, it's ironic that you mentioned uh, you know Dan Sullivan because. One of my mentors is Joe Polish, right? I was a member of yes. his 25K club for, you know, forever, a long time ago. And he always said that, you know, marketing is what you do to get a potential buyer to get pre-interested, pre-motivated, pre-positioned, and predisposed to doing business with you. Yes. Very similar definition, right? But ultimately, all of that, when you look at what you just described, Angus, is, is the marketing is branding. It's what I said earlier. It's the same thing. So... You know, we're, we're working with our, our, our docs right now in really getting them to truly embrace because they'll nod and shake their hand and go, I get it. But, you know, they don't because everyone wants to push a button and have someone, you know, and spend a dollar and get 10 back. Like that's just what everyone wants. And that's what all the marketers that market to us tell us. And that's not necessarily wrong. And it's not putting them all in the same box, but it's pretty common domain. But ultimately what what like, for example, webinars, webinars, for, I, I've done thousands of webinars and I can tell you exactly, I can tell you all my stats, all my numbers. I can tell you a literal ROI, but as you said, it's not as easy as that because how do they get to the webinar? And with docs now doing webinars because Zoom and everything and Facebook lives are really just live webinars or pre-recorded videos are really just webinars on Facebook. Um, so many people are looking at it in, in the direct response marketing way. And whether they've studied that or not, it's like, I do this and something happens. And the fact of the matter is with webinars, there's a lot of uh, Gary Vee in there. There's a lot of, you know, jab, 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 jab. Then you can hook, right? But it's all the jabs that you don't see. It's, mm. look, in, in, as, long, as old as marketing is, when you see a billboard, billboards do not work. They never have, they never will but they work when they're put in conjunction with a radio campaign, a newspaper campaign, right? When there are multiple things and you get that, I've seen this person everywhere, that's where marketing and your brand, because what you're doing is in your marketing, it's not simply calls to action, 
it's called a brand, right? Mm -hmm. They're caught, they're falling in love with a brand. And even if that brand is you, or if that brand is their potential future, that's good for them. Or if that brand is your business, right? A personal brand or business brand, the marketing helps them fall in love with the brand. So multiple angles of attack are not only good, they're required in today's world. If you really think you're going to put all your eggs in one basket and just throw it all on Instagram, I mean, you can do it, but you're going to be a heck of a lot more successful if you not spread the wealth, but understand that there are a lot of other areas that help with all the jabs and people think, oh my gosh, I've seen this everywhere, right? It's the magic of retargeting, if you know what that is. When you go in, especially just with well, the holidays just passed, you went online and you looked at stuff and now there's this one stove that I want or a, like an outdoor stove that I want for our island home up in the Northwest for the winter time. And I got to tell you, I can't imagine what the remarketing budget is because I see that stove no less than 20 times a day. You know, wow. but they know how much they're spending and it's an idea of just getting back in front of people and and we got it. We can't be myopic marketers. You know, we have to really look into the distance. And that's, I think, where vision and innovation meet our ability um, and the technology of marketing to do some pretty darn amazing things today. And it's a heck of a lot easier today than it's ever been. It might be busier, but it's a lot easier than it's ever been. Yeah. David, you mentioned a couple of things there that I'd love your clarity around. When you talk about, because we've, we've talked branding, we've talked marketing. And what is your, how would you simply explain the difference between branding and marketing? And then we can, I'd like to dive in a little bit more because you talked about kind of how they link together as well. Sure. Yeah, they're, they're definitely two animals, um, mm. but they do link together. And, you know, marketing, as we both described in, in separate definitions, is the energy and action that you put out to get someone ready to buy, which is then sales, right? That's the trans, that's the transaction from, from a marketing, you know, from a prospect to a customer is the edge of marketing and now the beginning of sales. Your brand sits underneath all of it. Here's a, here's a perfect example. We get docs all the time that, that um, call, call me up or send me a text or maybe they're one of my members or I meet them at an event or something and they want to buy me a cup of coffee for two bucks and pick my brain for a million dollars, right? I always jokingly say that because it's such a great exchange. But I love doing it. I always have, always will. So as we're talking, what they really want to know, right, is, you know, they've got this question. They go, look, I want to, I want to take care of more kids, right? And so I, I've been doing these Facebooks and I've been promoting my ear infection workshop. And it's just seeming like, like not that many people are registering. And I'll just, you know, I'll just pull up in my you know, pull up my phone real quick and I'll say, uh, you know, what's your Facebook handle? And I'll look at it. And their whole Facebook page is about what they ate for dinner and their breakfast and their dog and their cat and maybe a sciatica thing and some 10 warnings. There's nothing, there's no congruency. There's no brand that then gives you the consumer comfort, confidence, and certainty that you're on the right path and making the right decisions. In fact, it does the opposite. Consumers today are, I would say, on the one hand, more leery than ever, but they're smarter than ever, right? So we have to, uh, I, I kind of famously use this term, et cetera, ETC. We have to always become experts at entering the conversation, right? Entering their conversation. What is it that they really want? And if you decide you're going to go after a niche or after a product or whatever it is, if the surroundings smell like BS, 
people now, boom, they just click off and they're on to the next one that, that seems congruent. That surrounding is your brand, mm -hmm. right? And that brand is everything you do, including marketing, because marketing builds your brand, right? If you have this brand of, again, of, uh, you know, a, a back pain center, but then you decide, you go to seminar, you go, ooh, yeah, that'd be fun to be a wellness doc. You see that all the time, back, back pain and wellness center. It, it might make, we think it makes sense to us because someone sold us the idea, but even Joe average consumer, it's a contradiction and confused minds don't buy. So they just don't even track with you. So your brand, your brand messaging has to, has to match your market message, right? So there's got to be congruence. And that to me is, gosh, it goes all the way back to, you know, your mindset, your belief systems. I mean, it's so easy to follow someone on Instagram or Facebook and, and read a great ad or go to an event and be really inspired, but you gotta really take stock and say, is this something that I believe? You know, like I fell in love with marketing, not because I was good at it, I was good at it because I fell in love with it, right? It was a different, it was a different direction. And I think that most chiropractors and most healthcare practitioners, they're not in love with it because of the original thing you and I both said, is they, they, they feel like it's beneath them. When in actuality, Let's say you're at max capacity in your practice. I was, by the way, when I was doing, I've done nearly a thousand ear infection and Ritalin workshop programs in my career, right? And I'm talking, I stopped doing those 10 years ago. So I did a lot of workshops and I got to a point, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just telling you what happened. It's not, oh, look at me, who cares? I got to a point where if I put 40 people in a room, I'd get about 45 to 50 appointments prepaid. I got good at it because I did it a thousand times and I'm not afraid to fail, remember, so I don't do the same thing over and over again. I'm always experimenting. Done beats perfect, right? So I got to a point at the end where I, didn't need, I couldn't take new patients. Like I was maxed. I was whatever, but I kept doing them. I kept doing them. And I started referring those patients out to other people because I believe so much in chiropractic, not in Dr. David's chiropractic. If I've got this abundance, it's going to cost me a couple hundred bucks to do a workshop. And I'm going to pick up a few key people that love me and really want to see me. But if I have to spread that wealth, I'm more, and I'm not suggesting that's where you should be, but I'm suggesting what would be different if that was your vision, if that's what you truly believed that marketing because see I believe that they outmarket us a, a million to one every single day right big farm big food I mean all of it and if we aren't good marketers if we aren't great marketers and they win I don't like where they go you know I don't like I don't I don't necessarily I'm not going to get into us versus them but I don't necessarily believe that they are marketing a better future for that patient when I absolutely know I'm offering a better future so it's game time now I'm gonna be better than they are and thank God that today you can be in your mom's basement you can be better than most marketers for big companies because of what we're doing right now because of the possibilities and technology that exists today it's, it's an unparalleled time where we can go face to face with multi billion dollar companies we can't be as loud but we could be more precise and we can cut through it and that's one of the greatest things i think we have going for us right now
Yeah, I, I think of the opportunity. At the moment, Facebook is telling us it's about $2.50 to get your content in front of a thousand eyes. And I think about what an extraordinary offer that is. For $2.50, you could make a, a, a video. I suggest you should make a video because it's the best way to kind of really share who you are. And can you imagine 20 years ago being able to put that piece of content? You know, I did that workshop that night in front of however many people, 30 or so. And, and the ability for us to be able to go beyond and reach people, it's, it's extraordinary and it's so damn exciting. And then it's also incredibly scary because it also, that thousand people means that's a thousand people seeing you. And I yes. guess that that's, you know, it's, it's still, I've actually come to realization this last 12 months. Um, I've just given up on the idea that I'll ever not be a little bit scared of putting myself out there. And it, it, it's just freed me. I, I thought with time, you know, I'm 22 years in practice. I've been making this kind of online content now since 2005. I, and I, I just thought the time would go that it would be, you know, it's certainly easier than what it was. But it's like, okay, man, I get it. It's scary. And, you know, there are some people who are going to say nasty things to me. Um, and then also each and every week there are people's lives that I'm able to change because of it. And that's just more important for me. And I think sometimes we just have to remind ourselves of, of that. I, I, you know, there's realisations, again, of all those children that you were able to help. And the thing that fascinates me is, it, if we just stick with chiropractic for a moment, it's not that those kids with ear infections and their parents were actively not choosing chiropractic. They just didn't even know it wasn't an option. Right. Like they didn't, and there was probably people out there telling that it wasn't. And if it wasn't, and if it's not for great marketing, if it's not for you just, you know, getting your phone out and sharing a message, um, you know, we literally get to change lives each and every day from our marketing. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that you just touched on that too, because there, I started, well, as soon as video was a possibility, I started and I hated it. I mean, I, I'm a guy that I've been in front of hundreds of thousands of people and I've never wanted to be in front of anyone. They're like, maybe one, right? I'm not, I'm not that guy, but people go, no, you've, I've seen you. I mean, I've addressed 10,000 people at a time at my, at my largest event, but I, it's not me. Right. Um, but I learned a long time ago, and I've probably said this, you know, to uh, listeners that at least have followed me, have heard the story. I won't go into the whole story. But there was a moment in my life, and I'll never forget what it was because it was the first public workshop I ever did. And I chose ADHD. Why? Because I just couldn't believe what was going on. And I'm talking way before it was popular. We're talking, I'm, I'm going all the way back to uh, 92, 1992. Right. Yeah. Was, nobody was talking about this, but I had my PDR, my physician's desk reference, and I was reading about Ritalin and, yeah, and it was before Concerta and Adderall, all these other drugs. And I mean, it's a class two controlled substance. And, and, you know, one of the side effects, Frank psychotic episodes. And I had heard about some school shooting, you know, there was one or two school shootings at the time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a, I mean, what else? That's a, so I'm passionately involved in this thing. And I'm like, I got to get the message out. So I went to my, my 18 year, I think 17 and a half, 18 year old CA, I had one CA at the time. And I said, I need you to put on a workshop. I need you to, here, here's the material. 
you know, I think if we do this thing, put this ad on the radio, have them do a voiceover, you know, we'll have it here. I mean, it's the first time I ever did, just wing. I've never spoken in front of more than like two or three people ever in my life. And I really did it because I wanted to feel like I was doing something, you know, mm. one of those busy things. Yeah. I was gaining the passion, but I didn't have the confidence and the certainty. And I never expected her to pull it off. She was 17 and a half years old. So that very first workshop, we end up, I think she ended up booking in like 28 moms that were coming and meeting me at a public library. And fast forward, I psychologically made myself violently ill that day. Fever, vomiting, diarrhea. I mean, I got sick and I literally went home and told her she was going to go have to tell those moms I'm sorry, right? That's how scared I was. Yeah. So if you're afraid, I literally wimped out. But here's what happened. The very next day, I went into my office. I had a signed agreement. Part of my employee contract actually was that if, if, if an employee ever found me off purpose and it was obvious that with respect, their job was to call me out, right? Pretty yeah. bold thing to do. Well, yes. I walk in the office at 7.30. I used to wear a tie, you know, because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. And, and I walk in and she just, and I'm like whistling Dixie, feeling like a million bucks, forgetting that last night I just abandoned all these moms because of my fears, because I wasn't thinking that way, right? I walk in, she, she goes, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. And she pulls me into my office, closes my door in my private office, grabs me by the tie, looks me in the eye and says these words, when did it become about you? you selfish bastard, 17 and a half years old. Now I'm either going to fire her, but I ended up giving her a raise because she changed my life because I realized that I was putting my fears in front of the things that I believe. Like if I really believed that those parents that I was, I was a better answer for them, as you said, a better future. If I really had that, who am I to worry about me right now? Yeah, I can be chock full of fear. And I was, and to a degree, I still am but I never think about it anymore because what I simply do is put a mother that is separated from their child, hoping their child says, I love you, mommy, because they're autistic and nonverbal or a, a couple that is literally sleeping in separate bedrooms because little, their new little baby has colic and you know, she's got to get up early. And so he takes whatever it is. I mean, I enter that conversation so deep and so profoundly, there's no room for my own fear. Plenty of my life I can be afraid, but not in that moment. And to me, that's one of the secrets of video, whether it's a Facebook Live, you know, you're doing the courses that, that Angus, because they're brilliant and all the things you give to people, you know, here, this was contrarian as well, because we already said that I'm old, right? We didn't say that, but I'm, I'm older. <laughs> and I go way back. And when video first started, I remember doing all these multi-camera shots and fading to black and white. And you've done it. We've all done all these, you know, trying to lower thirds and all this stuff. Why? Hollywood, baby. I mean, this has got to be good. This has got to be perfect. This has got to be. And what I quickly realized was I was going to quit because it's just not my style. Mm. And so I just gave myself permission to be vulnerable and be authentic before authentic was cool. Here's the good news. Today, people are so fed up with Hollywood and fake. They don't know what's Photoshopped and what's real. They don't know if it, you know, it went from TV and then people hated TV because reality TV was here. And then they found out reality TV was fake. And so now it's YouTubers and, and everything. The whole world has changed because they just want real. And that means they want your flaws. They want your, uh, 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 your stutters. They want you to mess up and go, 
That's not what I meant to say. All right. Instead of cut, start, oh my gosh. That, that's, and by the way, that's the beauty of live, man. You don't have mm. the opportunity to go back. You don't, people don't want perfect. They want to see eye to eye with you. And that's why today the best medium possible is whatever, everything you can do on video. Even if you don't like it, it's not about you. Yes. It's about the message. It's about the audience you serve. And at least for us in healthcare, whew, you know, if I'm selling light bulbs, this, this, this argument might be a little harder to make. But with what we do, get out of our own way, yeah. people. Come on. I mean, our message, our worst message is the best message they've ever heard. Totally. So even if you're not good at it, it's better than what they heard yesterday. It's, it's so interesting because if you and I were sharing that $2 coffee you were talking about before, and if I did stumble or have to pause for a moment to think about what I'm saying, I wouldn't try and start the whole conversation again. We'd fumble through it and we'd get and we'd move on. And you wouldn't hopefully look at me like I was a fool. Normal conversations have moments of pauses, of stumbling, of ums and ahs. And, you know, I, I wonder whether I often think about kind of, you know, through magic kind of empathies, characteristics or not um, uh, characteristics or values that if, if you can, you talked, we've talked about all of them. Marketing is about vulnerability. It's about authenticity and it's about empathy. And it's what, you know, if, if I look back and I'm listening to you talk through all this, it was empathy for the, you know, the parents had the child with the ear infection. It was empathy for the, you know, the children with the ADHD. It's if we just communicate in the way that, we would from one human being to another with empathy. And that's where I think we start to kind of merge my idea. I was interested between kind of branding and, uh, you know, and, and marketing. I, I think of this, you know, one of my Zig Ziglar, and you would have heard him say this beforehand, mm -hmm. just help enough other people get what they want. You'll get everything that you want. That's marketing. Full stop. Yeah. Just stop talking about chiropractic, start solving problems. Stop talking about naturopathy, start solving problems. That's it. Like that's all you need to think about. And, you know, that's, that's the foundation. There's no sneaky scripts. Don't worry about those because empathy and authenticity and vulnerability, that's all you need. Just be you. Yeah. The other job's taken. Let's, let's just see you. I love that. I love that because... You know, you can't, people always come to me and want a script. They're like, well, don't you have that written down? I'm like, uh, yeah, but you can't have it because it's not you and you can't borrow my empathy. You got, you got your own version of it. You have your own version of caring. You do it in your own way. And that's what people are looking for. And so nail on the head, man. I mean, it's, it's that, it's the ability to turn on a camera. And this is what I've, I don't want to say I've mastered, but what I really focused on and interestingly enough, I'll bring this full circle in a moment. Turn on a camera and I'm just talking to, I'm just talking to a human being. Yeah. I'm not worried. And when I, when I speak in front of an audience, you know, most speakers do this. Um, typically, you can't even see past the third row because of the lights, right? But I'm eyeballing people. Like I'm, I'm talking to individuals because that's my nature. I'm better one-on-one -on -one than I am one-on-many -on -many by nature. So I take one on many and I formulate my thoughts as one-on-one. -on -one. I'm going to name the person. When I do a video, I've got, I'm talking to Sally today. And I just come up a little avatar of who Sally is and where she's at. But I don't, it's not like this, like, you know, oh, it's a homework exercise that my coach told me to do. I get to a point where, and, and I'm a very emotional person, where I'm just about, if not in tears, because I make it as real as possible. 
If you have a message that is worth someone's time, if you're going to ask them to share their time, which is the only resource that is on the planet really that is non-renewable, it's the only resource we have that we can't make more of, then damn it. It better be good. And as a marketer, you don't want to mark, you don't want to sling crap. And that's what a lot of us are afraid of. Oh, I don't know if I'm good enough. And that's where I think about, you know, well, are you marketing you or are you marketing them? And, you know, how many times, Angus, have you heard the same thing I've had is just tell the story, tell the story, tell the story, tell the story. No one woke up wanting to know the story. Mm. People woke up saying, how does your story help me with my problem? Right. It's share their story, not the story, because the story means you've got a story and it's your job to share it. And while I don't, you know, don't get me wrong, I take a lot of flack for this from chiropractors and I'm cool with that. Um, but it's sharing their story. It's, it's entering the conversation and letting them talk, inviting them in. And you can do that. That's what a good marketing message does. I mean, I was having this conversation with, uh, you guys all know Tony Ebel, one of my partners in, in yes. Epic Pediatrics and yes. a frequent uh, contributor to the show. Yes. Um, and uh, record holder most downloaded episode, so, which he's proud. And so. record holder download. You guys, if you can help me break that, because yes. Tony and I are, you know, I mean, come on, let's do this. Just, just for fun this time. Yep. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, we were just having this conversation today about the best marketing today is something that gets people to reply to the conversation. It's Socratic marketing. It's asking people questions. It's the same thing like when you post something on Facebook, what you really want them to do is engage in the marketing, not just consume the marketing. You want them to feel like you're talking to them and it's a part of it, right? And that's, again, another skill set that you've got to learn. Some of it's easy. Some of it's more difficult. But, um, man, we've been, we've been doing a lot of beta testing on re resurrecting some old school uh, what I call flip vid mentality things that I used to do a long, long time ago. Yes. And then because you innovate, a lot of times you leave that in the dust. But I always go back to my parking lot. I've got every idea tagged, like I've got a valet ticket for it. And I walk my parking lot every 90 days and I rearrange my ideas in, in, the, you know, in the car park, as you guys would say down there. And, uh, you know, and, I, and I move some away and I think that's the dumbest idea I ever had. I can't believe it. And I, I get rid of it. Um, and others, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been sitting on this time to execute. And some of those older ideas come back because technology changes and it becomes easier. So before it was maybe, you know, there was a good ROI on it, but now you can kill it with your ROI because the, the technology is better or the environment has changed. The, the social environment is embracing it more so. And that's why it's the best time for us to become diligent video marketers as, as healthcare providers because it's it's the best time we've ever had and maybe ever will have to really break through and get our message heard. Yeah, I, and I think to kind of double click on that ever will have, it's, it's hard to know, but I think at the moment there's a really, there's a unique time here. Uh, you know, I talked before about $2.50 for us to get in front of, mm -hmm. you know, a thousand dollars. I think we have to be prepared to pay to play. But, you know, I've said this a lot on the podcast recently. I think we're back to the days of the land grab over in the USA where if we want to build a brand and build an audience, um, I, I, your community needs you to be building an audience. And I think there's an opportunity over the next two years that will just get more and more difficult. The costs will get there the, or get higher. The competition will get greater. And I think those of you that are listening to this that implement what 
David has talked about, which is, you know, just get on there and start to help people. Don't make it be about you. Be authentic. You know, it's don't, don't worry about somebody else's script. You might want to have a framework to look at, but, but just if you implement with that, you know, the practitioners, the docs that have the attention over the 2020 and beyond will be the ones that find it most easy to win. And, and now's the time. That's, that's precisely what I meant. We are in a magical moment that the costs are still low enough and the opportunity, the ocean is still blue enough where we can truly capitalize. And what does that look like to get just, you know, bottom line tactical as we begin to kind of wind down on this is that, you know, you've got to have a, if I asked every viewer right now, um, uh, in fact, I, I, I'm not going to, I shouldn't do this. Um, I'm going to give you my, my cell phone number, literally. Okay. And I don't expect all of you to text me, but I'm going to, I know the risk. I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, it's 858. This is in the USA, but 858-397-5370. And what I want to know, and just so that I can actually respond to you, because I'll do the best I can. I don't know how big you're, I should have asked how big the pocket this list is. But what I want to know is right now, and I want just authentic honesty right now, if I said, show me your completed 2020 marketing plan. Yes or no? Could you do it? Could you show me the plan? And that plan is going to be whatever your plan is, but it's got to add up to the vision, the goals that you set at the end of the year or the beginning of next year. That plan, I'm not the judge of it. I'm not here. To, we, could, we could talk about that. That's a whole other set of series of podcasts, really. But that plan should include what is exactly your social media strategy? How often, what are your, do you have a focus of the month, a theme of the month? Are you going to be going all over and just talking about random stuff? Or are you going to be following something? Are you, are you softening the beach with some of your earlier posts with little tiny little love jabs, little, little knuckles, and then you're getting a little bit harder and then you're inviting them to a workshop or a live online event that you then can do, use an opportunity close to say, hey, this is your opportunity. Please come and join us in our practice. Or are you just kind of randomly firing off stuff and everything you do is an opportunity close. Everything is close, 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 close. Because then you become a salesperson instead of a marketer. Because yeah. a good marketer knows that they have to balance, right, those jabs with the hooks that we talked about. And that's all got to be in your plan. And if you, if you text me no, then... That the only reason I'm asking you to text me is for accountability. I'm not going to come and hunt you down and say, what do you mean? It's not a shame game. It's for you to go, damn, you know what? I don't have it. And so therefore I can't blame the outcome of 2020 and the people and the impact I could have made that's even greater than it was last year because I really don't have a plan. If you don't know how to put a plan together, Plenty of people that can help you do that, right? Myself included. I mean, plenty of people. Tony and I, it's what we do every day. It's what Angus, I mean, we can all help with that. Mm. But if you don't have a marketing plan, gosh, you know what? It, it's like saying 2020 is my year, man. I'm going to build my dream home. And I'm like, cool, let me see the blueprints. Ah, you know, it's just, it's going to be like two store and then it's the kitchen. It's going to have, and take that to a builder and see what they tell you. Mm. Take it to an architect. See, people ask me all the time, what do you do? I'm a life architect. I yeah. specialize in chiropractors' lives, but I'm a life architect. I'm not going to tell you what to build, Angus. You come to me and tell me what you really want. Let me, let me pierce in. Let me dig in a little bit, and I will extract out and then help you devise a blueprint that is three-dimensional, actually 12-dimensional, right? 12 dimensions of life yeah. so that when you move in, 
you're happy, right? And one of those, that's, that's how you got to look at your marketing is, is, is as if you're going to build your dream home because marketing is part of the tool. It's one of the, it is the tool that allows us to get our message out so we can build our dream home and our dream life and our vacations and our, our legacy and everything else on top of that. So we've got to take it a lot more serious than just going, gosh, numbers are down. I should do a Facebook live. Yeah. Yeah. Purpose with it. I, I, I can't add to that. Thank you so much. Uh, this has, when I started the podcast with my dear friend, Tony Rose, to begin with, uh, it was one mm. of our dreams to make sure that we had you on the show and, I think it's only taken me 108 episodes to get you on here as well. So thank you for sharing so openly Absolutely. and rawly and honestly. You are the walking example of uh, empathy, of you know authenticity and, and vulnerability. So on behalf of the Marketing Your Practice crew, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Where should people go to find out more? You know... Um I'll tell you what, I'm going to do a kind of a sideways. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pitch you something, but I think it's like eight bucks. I wrote a book. It is a bestseller. It's called the truth will do. And yes, it's specifically about chiropractic, but I, don't, I promise you, if you have a gap, the subtitle is how to grow your practice by getting patients to want what they need. This book is about communication, which is marketing. Yes. And you can go on Amazon. It's called the truth will do. You can also go to the truth uh, but Amazon obviously is going to be cheaper and easier for you to get it. It's a really good read and it's powerful. It has other information in there. If you want to contact me, I gave you my cell phone. If you want to contact me, um, I'm here to help, man. I really, I'm, I'm, I don't like suffering and I live every day to do anything and everything I possibly can. And I figured out an innovative way to help people do that. And I'm going to encourage you to do the same. Wonderful. I'll make sure I have a link to the book and some of your socials and other spots where people can find you down in the show notes. Buddy, have a lovely evening. Thank you for uh, spending the last 45 minutes with me. I love you. Absolutely. Love you too, man. Appreciate you guys. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out the Community Influencer Program. It's my monthly coaching program where we take all this material and I'll work one-on-one -on -one with you to apply, implement, systematize, and help guide you and your practice to the next level. Now, you can join me on over at adiomedia.com forward slash join. That's adiomedia.com forward slash join. I'd love to see you in there.